Hi, ladies. Welcome to the Taking Care of Your Temple podcast, episode 21. We're going to be talking today about the importance of resilience. So I am Dr. Melissa Rich, and uh, this is a podcast that is directed toward women to help them connect with God regularly, to use his grace, strength, power, wisdom, all of the things to improve their physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional health and well-being. And there are four principles that I have that we do this by, and I talk about these in every podcast. The first one is we do this by keeping our focus on God. This is something that can be so difficult to do because there are so many distractions that just knock our attention off of him and just have us chasing rabbits. So it's a continual process of pulling ourselves back on track. Next is acknowledging that we are not enough on our own. And this is one that I have no trouble with because I have learned that I am not enough on my own. We're not smart enough, strong enough, pretty enough, capable enough, whatever, to do life by ourselves. And thank goodness we do not have to. God is there to help us as long as we ask him for it. He will provide that help. Thank goodness. The next thing is to remember it is not about perfection. It is about progress, which is a good thing. I don't do perfection very often. I don't know about you all, but it that just does not happen very well for me. But progress, I can do. I can keep moving towards my goal. That I can do. And then the fourth one is to work on consciously changing our thoughts or the messages that we give ourselves. This is so crucial, y'all. And there's so much research going on all over the country about this. If we give ourselves these negative um, toxic messages, I'm so stupid. I can't believe I did that. No wonder nobody likes me, whatever. We're not going to get very far. We have to be able to change those and really kind of start seeing ourselves the way that God sees us, which is not in a negative, toxic way. So when we change our thoughts and the messages that we are giving ourselves, it's a lot easier to change the direction that we want to go in and to really start accomplishing the things that we want to accomplish. Okay, uh, I'm going to open with a word of prayer, as I always do. Lord, I just want to thank you so much for giving me this platform and for these topics that I just think are so important. They've been important to me. I really think that they can be important to other people as well. So I ask your blessings on the lives of the people who are listening. I just pray that they will find some things that they can use in this podcast and apply to themselves and that will help make things better for them. And I just ask that we will all continue to draw closer to you and that our lives will be pleasing to you. Thank you for loving us, Lord. Amen. So my goal is to do this podcast on a weekly basis, and I've done pretty well with that so far, and to give you guys some really good tools and tips that help you feel and function better. Sometimes I have awesome, amazing guests on the podcast. Sometimes it is awesome, amazing me. And today you get me. Lucky you. So resilience is something that is a, in the news. It's, a, it's kind of a popular psychological topic right now. And I looked up some definitions and I came across three that I liked. One is the capacity to withstand or to recover quickly from difficulties. Bad things happen. We are able to figure out what to do and we keep moving forward. That's resilience. Next is the ability of a substance or object to spring back into shape or elasticity. 
Um, they talk about bouncing back from adversity. That would be an example of resilience. And the third one is, this is from the American Psychological Association, so it's a little more technical. The process and outcome of successfully adapting to difficult or challenging life experiences, especially through mental, emotional, and behavioral flexibility and adjustment to external and internal demand. So that's kind of a long way of saying what the first two said. One of the things I found so interesting is that research shows we can become more resilient. We are not born with X amount of resilience, and that is all we get. We have no more the rest of our lives. No, we can develop more. And I'm going to be talking about that later in the podcast, things that we can do to become more resilient. And they really are not as difficult as you might think. So to illustrate kind of how this works and the importance of it, I want you to imagine that you are getting ready to take a trip down a river. Okay, you're going to have a boat or a raft or a canoe, whatever it is. And you know that on that river, there are some slow uh, places of slow water and shallows, but there's also some really deep, rough water, maybe some waterfalls. And what are you going to do? What is your plan to handle these things that you know are going to be coming up? Well, if you're planning ahead for your trip, you may decide to um, find someone who is familiar with the river that you're going to be on. Someone who's gone on that river a gazillion times. They know the twists and turns. They know what to expect. And they can really tell you, here's what's coming up. Here's what you need to do. That would be a good one. You might also pick some friends to go with you to help you row the boat or whatever, so that it's not just you trying to do it by yourself. You might also be sure that you have extra life jackets. That's always a good one. Um, or more provisions, you know, extra rows in case you lose some, whatever it is. If you have the right tools and supports in place, you are going to have a much better chance of getting through the river unscathed. Or if your canoe or boat does tip over, you'll be able to get back in it. I mean, you may have to go to the shore to climb back in, but you can keep moving forward because you prepared for it. So psychologists define resilience as the process of adapting well in the face of adversity, trauma, or tragedy. So resilience, and I like this part, Y'all remember this, resilience not only involves bouncing back from these difficult experiences, but it can also involve profound personal growth. People who are resilient learn from these things. They don't just get through them. They learn from them and they improve and they get better. And I think that is a key factor. So being resilient does not mean that you will never suffer difficulty or distress. Wouldn't that be nice? People who have gone through major adversity or trauma in their lives, typically are going to experience some emotional pain and stress. You know, it's one of those, well, duh, yeah. Unfortunately, the road to resilience is probably going to involve some bad things. It's going to involve emotional distress and trauma and fear. Getting through those things is what helps you develop the resilience. And these are the lessons that we remember best and that we learn from the most. One of the things that I pray a lot is that I will not waste my mistakes, that I will learn from them, and that I'll be able to keep going on. I don't want to keep doing the same thing over and over. Certain factors make some individuals more resilient than others, but it's not 
a trait that only a few select people possess. Everybody has the capacity to be resilient. Some people have developed it more than others. And one example that I remember vividly uh, that shows resilience is, remember y'all, I can't remember, I, I don't remember the year, I should have looked this up, the year that the Boston Marathon, they had uh, the bomb go off. You saw people running back toward the bomb to help people instead of running away from it. And several of those runners who were really hurt a few years later, they ran the Boston Marathon again. That is resilience. Uh, it, it's it's just so interesting. So resilience can present a challenge for psychologists to study because whether you can be said to have resilience or not really depends not on some particular test that they administer to you to see what your score is. It's more dependent on the way that your life unfolds. And interestingly enough, if you are lucky enough to never experience any sort of trauma or adversity, you may never know how resilient you are because it's those, those trauma and those hard times that we get through. That's what develops resilience. It's when we are faced with obstacles, stress, and other environmental threats that resilience or the lack of it is shown. That's when we find out, are we resilient? Or are we not? Because the question that comes up when you're in hard times is, do you succumb, do you succumb or do you surmount? I didn't come up with that originally. It sounds pretty cool. I found it online somewhere, but it's a good quote. I like it. So resilience, uh, sorry, psychologists looking at resilience also study protective factors. And those are elements or things in an individual's background and personality that enable them to be successful in spite of the challenges that they face. And they have found that there are some elements that do predict resilience. Some elements have to do with luck. So a resilient child might have a really strong bond with a supportive caregiver, parent, teacher, or other mentor-like figure. So even if their home situation is not great, they have someone else who's in their corner. My late husband, Ed, his parents divorced when he was pretty young and it was not a pretty divorce. And uh, it was difficult. It was a very difficult situation for him. Fortunately, he had a set of grandparents who lived nearby who always loved him. They always provided a safe haven for him. And that he said many times when we were married that his grandparents are what really helped him get through that. And I always feel like every child should have at least one adult who supports them and believes in them. Not only does that help them get through, but it does help them develop resilience. Um, another factor that set, set of factors that help produce resilience are psychological. And these have to do with how children especially respond to their environment. So resilient children from a very young age tend to kind of meet the world on their own terms. They tend to be pretty independent. They seek out new experiences. They have a positive social orientation. These children use whatever skills they had effectively. They adapt. Resilient children have what psychologists call an internal locus of control, which means that they believe that they, and not their circumstances, affect the outcome. It's not that all these things are happening to them and they have no choice in the matter. They're helpless victims. No, they believe that what I do can impact what's happening to me. I've always had that. Always. There's an internal locus of control and an external 
external locus of control. I'll get it. Um, and people who are resilient have that internal locus of control. Now, something that I thought was interesting is resilience can change over time. Some resilient people are just unlucky and they experience a lot of strong stressors at vulnerable periods and their resilience just evaporated. These are called compound stressors. So an example would be, let's say in one year, you lose your job. Your spouse decides they want a divorce. Your house burns down. Your dog dies. And if you get enough bad things happen to you in a short period of time, one on top of the other, on top of the other, I don't care how strong you are, you can end up breaking. It doesn't have to, but you can. So that has to do kind of just with luck, with what happens in what amount of time. So a resilient person will feel stress when things aren't working out. I mean, everybody does. But the key difference is how they manage their stress, how they figure out ways to keep that stress under control. And resilience is kind of this constant calculation. How many bad things are happening? What are my stressors? Am I getting overwhelmed? Um, because again, enough bad things, probably anybody just about is going to be overwhelmed or could be overwhelmed. Also on the flip side, I thought this was interesting. Some people who were not particularly resilient really became that way once they went through some trials. They were able to overcome adversity in life and went on to flourish. So again, it's not a set amount that you can never change. So let's look at some ways to develop resilience. So one of the first ways is to build your connections. We are not meant to be hermits, ladies, especially women. We are designed to connect with other people. So building strong, positive relationships with loved ones and friends can give you support, guidance, and acceptance that we all need in order to get through bad times. When something bad happens to us, most of us, have the tendency to want to pull back into our cave and isolate ourselves. And that is not a good response. It's really important to be able to accept help and support from people who care about you. So one way to prioritize relationships, I moved to Waco um, several years ago, 2014. And a couple of years ago, oh, and one of the reasons I did that was because both of my brothers and their wives are here. Well, a couple of years ago, I realized, yeah, we all live within 30 minutes of each other, but we never saw each other. So I informed everybody that we were going to start having a once a month family lunch. There are times when it pays to be the oldest because you're just used to telling people what to do. So um, we did. And we, one brother and I live here in the Waco area. My other brother and his wife live in Belton, which is about 30 minutes away. So we alternate between the two, but we've learned that when we have lunch, which we did a couple of weeks ago, we sit down and the first thing we do is pull out our phones and set the date and possibly the place for the next lunch. Because in the beginning, we didn't do that. And we would leave lunch and get home and realize, we didn't set up the next date. And it's much, much easier to set that up when we are all together rather than trying to text back and forth when we're not. So we do that now, and it's a time for us to catch up, to connect, and, and just to stay, you know, connected as a family. 
So another way to build connections is to join some type of group. Find a group that, um, you know, is one that you, it revolves around an activity that you are interested in. Because then you're going to meet like-minded people and go to the group, go to the meeting. If it's once a month or whatever, show up. Don't just do the online thing. I mean, I'm sorry, but that was fine in COVID, but get out now some. I really encourage people to do that. I looked in Waco and just in the Waco area, there are groups on running, bicycling, singing, gardening, singles, tennis, book clubs, and software development, just to name a few. So if you're not sure, do an online search for uh, groups for knitting or carpentry or car repair, whatever, near me. And you'll find some things that come up and go check them out and start connecting. So another thing that you can do to develop resilience is to emphasize wellness. One way to do that is to take care of yourself. You really need to take care of your own needs before you can help other people. I may have given this example in past podcasts, but you know how when you're on an airplane and they're going through the little drill, you know, if the plane goes down, which is always so reassuring. Um, and they say, if the oxygen mass drops down, what do they tell you to do? Put yours on first before you try to help anybody else. And that is what you need to do with taking care of yourself. So participate in activities and hobbies that you enjoy. Exercise regularly, get lots of sleep, eat a healthy diet, practice stress management and relaxation techniques. One of my stress management techniques is prayer. And recently God gave me a life verse, which was 1 Corinthians 5, 17. Ooh, I wrote down 1 Corinthians. It may have been 1 Thessalonians. I'm thinking it may be 1 Thessalonians and I can't look it up right now. Anyway, it is 1 whatever, 5, 17, sorry. Um, and the reason, one of the reasons that was my life verse is because it's first. I'm the firstborn in my family, and it's 517. My birthday is May 17th. Three words in the verse, pray without ceasing. Okay, God knew that I needed that. He knew that I would need to pray all the time in order to get to where he wants me to be. So I, that's a verse that I say to myself every day. Next in, in the emphasizing wellness is change your thoughts. Be aware of negative messages that you're giving to yourself that limit you or are holding you back and deliberately change them. In psychology, we call that a positive reframe. And the best example I have for that, years and years ago, I was in Oklahoma, I was doing therapy, and I had this um, nice looking older gentleman come in, looked very professional. He's telling me some of this stuff. And really within the first few minutes, he says, out of the blue, I've been married seven times. I'll bet you think I'm crazy. And I said, no. And I'm frantically trying to think of a pot. What can I say as a positive reframe for that? And eventually I said, no, I would just say that you're an optimist. And he just roared with laughter. Love that. We got along great. But that is an example of a positive reframe is turning something around so that it is more positive and not more negative. It's the same thing. You're just looking at it differently, which really does make a difference. Next is avoid any type of negative outlet. This is also in wellness. Um, for some people, it's very tempting to use alcohol or drugs or sleeping around to cope with whatever your situation is. Y'all, that's just putting a Band-Aid on a really deep gaping wound. It does not help. It's better 
to focus instead on what we can, how we can use resources to manage stress rather than trying to use alcohol or drugs or whatever to just eliminate the stress altogether. That never works. I can promise you that will not work. You need to manage it because you're not going to eliminate it. And the last thing under wellness is to maintain a daily routine. Sticking to a routine can be really comforting, especially in stressful times, because that's when we mostly strive some structure in our lives. So we need to develop routines, but they also need to be flexible. You don't want to totally stress out when you can't follow those routines. So an example of that would be, I try to go to the gym three times a week. Um, sometimes I just can't, things come up. Today, maybe one of those times, I'm slated to go to the gym later on today. However, my son's car has been in the shop for the past week. It's ready today. He's going to be coming by pretty much as soon as I finish recording this. And by the time we go take one car back, pick up the other one, do the running around, I may not have time to go. And if I can't, I'm not going to beat myself up. I'll just go next time. So again, you want those routines, but don't beat yourself up if there's a legitimate reason why you can't do it. Those things are going to happen. Life happens. The third thing that you can do to develop resilience is to find purpose. One way to do that is to help other people. You can volunteer volunteer at a homeless shelter or a, um, a what is it a pet shelter pet society. I can't think of the right term. Whatever it is, I could never vo <clears throat> volunteer at those because I would want to take all the animals home with me. And I already have two dogs. I have room for no more. But helping and connecting with other people, you get a sense of purpose. It increases your self worth. You're connecting with other people. You're tangibly helping. And all of these can help you develop more resilience. So those are all good. Next is to be proactive. Don't just ignore your problems and hope that they will go away. I can tell you ladies from a perspective of 65 years of living, that does not happen very often. It will occasionally. Usually those are minor problems, but the big ones, mm -mm, I've never had that work. So... Even though it will take time to recover from a major setback, a traumatic event, or some type of loss, your situation will improve faster if you work at it. And the example I have is if your significant other decides to end your romantic relationship, you may not be able to convince them to change their mind and stay. All right. You may, but you may not. But what you can do is start figuring out how are you going to move yourself forward into a new positive direction? Instead of just dwelling on what you lost and just going on and on about how, you know, it's not fair. Why did they do that? And blah, blah, blah. You may decide to take a trip somewhere. You've always wanted to go with some friends, take up a new hobby or start working out regularly, but do something that is proactive to get you moving in the direction you want to go in. And the third one is kind of going along with that. It's move toward your goals. Develop some realistic goals and do some of them regularly. Even if they feel like small baby steps, they add up that will help you move toward the things you want to accomplish. So an example would be if you want to run a marathon, and I have done it one time when I was in my mid-20s, but you've never done much running before. And so it just seems like this impossible, insurmountable task, start running maybe a combination of running and walking three to four times a week for about 20 to 30 minutes each time. Gradually increase the amount of time 
that you're running and then maybe start doing it four or five times a week. Keep building up and you'll get to the point where you can do it. Again, those baby steps, you take enough of them and you will get a long way. Next, look for opportunities for self-growth. This is still under the move. Oh, I'm sorry. No, this is a different one. Look for opportunities for self-growth. And this is under the um, finding purpose. People find a lot of times that they have grown in respect to growing, going through some kind of struggle. I have, the example I have here is I have had hypnosis clients who come in, they want to quit smoking because they've lost someone they love to cancer and they realize it's time to change. So they use that as an impetus to start getting themselves healthier. Next, embrace healthy thoughts. Try to keep things in perspective because remember how we think is going to play a significant role in how we feel and how resilient we are when we are faced with obstacles, which we are going to be. So try to identify those areas of irrational thinking or negative thinking um, and kind of adopt a more balanced and realistic thinking pattern. The example that I have just recently, I've been dealing with this this week, is for years I have told myself, that I hate dealing with social media. And guess what God told me this week that I needed to start doing? <laughs> if there's something you don't want to do, I can pretty much guarantee that's the thing that God is going to tell you. Uh, yeah, it's time to work on this. And I was like, Lord, really? And so I was like, fine, do it. But then I realized I don't want to do it with that kind of attitude. I don't want to be grudging. If I have to do this, if this is what he's telling me to do, if this is what I need to do, then I want to at least have as positive an attitude as I can about it. So I started really changing my perception on it. I started telling myself, look, it's free. It's easy and quick to do. It's writing. Y'all, I can write in my sleep. Um, and, and it will help me get to where I want to be. So I've really been working on changing how I feel and keeping those things in perspective. It's not this big, horrible thing. It's not my favorite thing, but I'm getting better at it and I'm changing my attitude towards it. Next in embracing healthy thoughts is accept change. Change is part of life. And certain goals that you have may no longer be attainable because something has happened in your life to change it. So part of life is accepting that some things can't be changed and so you need to focus on things that you can do now instead of what you can't do. It's just, again, a part of being healthy and a part of being realistic. Um, as I have gotten older, I love to run. I can't run as much or as fast as I used to. And there are some days that I don't run because my hip is hurting me or well, it's too cold outside and I don't like freezing. I run when I can. I run slower than I used to and I enjoy it. I enjoy it probably more now than I used to because it's like, hey, I'm still running. Woohoo. So that's fun. Next is maintain a hopeful outlook. You can't change the past. I don't care who you are. In spite of all the, what the past life regression people say, you cannot change the past, but you can always look forward towards the future. So accepting and anticipating change makes it easier to adapt and to go through those new challenges with a lot less anxiety. 
I moved to Texas after Ed died because I realized it was time for a change of scenery. I'd been in Oklahoma for 28, 29 years. Both of my sons were grown. They had graduated from college. I was, I had a group of women friends. I still do in Oklahoma. I was the only single one among them, which was fine, except it was a different dynamic. And I just decided in spite of being fearful a little bit about it and having some apprehensions, it was time for something new. And so I had two brothers uh, and their families and my dad here at the time, my sister and her family was here. She since moved to Florida, but I, I packed it up and moved here. And that was exactly the right thing to do. Did I have all the answers? Absolutely not. Did I know if it was going to end well? No, but I knew that's where God was leading me. Um, so another one, learn from your past. Think about lessons that you've learned from your past and tools that you used and things that you did to get through it. If they worked in the past, they may work again. Don't discard them just because you're done with that situation. Just pull them back up. I am, I think I said this before, I'm really big on not wanting to waste my mistakes. I don't want to have to go through them over and over and over. Y'all, you don't want to be that person. When I was counseling, I can't tell you how many times I would get people in their 50s who were still making the same stupid mistakes they did in their 20s. They weren't learning from them. They kept repeating them. Don't do that. Learn from your past. Don't waste it. Move on. And then the last thing that you can do to help develop resilience is to get help. Sometimes you can muddle through on your own, usually if it's not a big major issue. That's fine. Sometimes you can't. But at other times, you may need some professional help. And a therapist or counselor can really help you develop some strategies for moving forward. If you feel like you are unable to function, you can't perform the tasks of daily living because of some type of traumatic or stressful event, you may be stuck and you may need some professional help to get unstuck. And a lot of times when people get stuck, when this happens is when they are grieving, they've lost someone they love. So if, if it's been a year or two, that's one thing. If it's been 12 years and you're still in the same position, you probably are stuck and you need some help to get yourself moving forward. Okay, so a saying that I found online, perception is key to resilience. Do you conceptualize an event as traumatic or as a chance to learn and grow? Now, granted, it can be both. It can be a traumatic event that is also a chance to learn and grow. Because unfortunately, we tend to learn the most from the worst things. That Those are the ones that stick in our mind. We remember those, y'all. I certainly do. So let me give you some examples of some resilient people. Bethany Hamilton, a lot of you may not recognize that name, but I bet you remember the story. Bethany was surfing off of Hawaii when she was 13. She was attacked by a shark that bit off her left arm. She went on to go back to professional surfing competition four years later and was winning them. She was also, I remember, on um, The Amazing Race. Bethany was amazing. She was extremely resilient. She adapted. She kept doing what she wanted to do. She had to learn different ways to do it, but she did it. Oprah Winfrey, everybody knows who Oprah is. She overcame an abusive childhood where she was sexually abused. She became pregnant and had a miscarriage at 14. 
and she went on to build an empire. That's pretty darn resilient. Chris Pat Pratt, he is uh, one of the actors in Guardians of the Galaxy, one of my favorite series of movies, and a new one is coming out that I'm looking forward to. When he was 19, he was sleeping in a van in Hawaii. He was working in a restaurant, and he was eating customers' leftover food in order to survive. Then he started acting, got some lucky breaks, and is where he is now. He's always maintained a positive attitude and believes in doing your best and leaving the rest up to God. I mean, that is a resilient attitude right there. J.K. Rowling, writer of the Harry Potter books. She was writing those books on napkins when she was working at a restaurant. She was a single mom. She started turning in the first one, the first book, rejected, rejected, rejected by dozens of publishers until finally one publisher took a chance on her. Look where she is now. I mean, what if she had stopped and given up? Grandma Moses, y'all have probably all heard of her. She was an accomplished painter, but what you may not know is that she did embroidery for years until arthritis made it really difficult for her to hold the needle. So she quit doing that, and some friends said, why don't you try painting? And she did. She started painting, y'all, at 78. She was self-taught, never had a lesson. I mean, that's pretty resilient. I can't embroider, so I'll paint instead. And was much more successful as a painter than she ever was as an embroidery, embroiderer person, whatever the term is. A couple of people in the Bible who were extremely resilient. One was Joseph. He went from being sold as a slave by his brothers, being thrown into prison for something he did not do, into becoming the second most powerful man in Egypt. He also went on to forgive his brothers and reestablished a relationship with them. And he never lost his faith in God. He knew that God was with him. He believed that God was there for him. And another one is Naomi. Naomi lost her husband and both of her sons. When she decided to move back to her homeland, her daughter-in-law, Ruth, wanted to come with her. And Naomi at first was discouraging her. No, don't come. Stay here. Find another husband. And Ruth made that famous speech, entreat me not to leave thee. Whether thou goest, I will go. Thy God shall be my gods. Thy people shall be my people. I don't know if I'm saying that exactly right, but that's close. Anyway, so Naomi said, okay, fine. And, you know, Ruth came with her. She ended up helping Ruth marry Boaz, and Naomi became a grandmother. She ended up changing her name because Naomi met Bitter, which is what she was after she lost her husband and her two sons. Some Bible verses that talk about resilience or ways that we can become resilient. One is James 1, 2, and 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, also resilience. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Okay, I'm going to be the first one to say it can be really hard to rejoice when you are facing trials or when you're in the middle of them. That's almost impossible. What I find is that I try to focus on being happy with what I'm learning, not necessarily the trials themselves. In fact, I will be real honest. Usually my prayer is, Lord, can you teach me whatever it is I need to learn here pretty quickly so I can get out of this situation because I am not having a good time. That's just honest, but that's a good verse. James 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. Yeah, 
but take heart. I have overcome the world. So we have someone on our side, ladies, who has overcome the world, and he will help us to do the same thing. Job 1, 21 and 22. I left my mother's womb naked, and I will return to God naked. The Lord has given, and the Lord has taken. May the name of the Lord be blessed. And Job did not sin or badmouth God for all of this, even though his friends and his wife were all urging him to do that because he lost all of his children. Satan was waging war against Jacob. He lost all of his animals, all of his all of his wealth. He had nothing left. He would not badmouth God. And Satan finally went away. God blessed Job again, gave him more children, more crops, more animals. Now, did Job know it was going to turn out that way? No. He was just hanging on. But God blessed him. Philippians 4.13, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. Boy, I hang on to that one when I'm in the middle of trials. Joshua 1.9, I repeat, be strong and brave. Don't be afraid and don't panic. For I, the Lord your God, am with you in all you do. There's a verse to hang on to. Romans 8, 28 through 30. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Now, what I want to point out in this verse, the good that we get is not always the good that we would have chosen. Okay. But if we give our situation over to God, he will bring good out of it. We just have to accept that good. Second Corinthians 4, 8 through 9, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, yet not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. Again, God is with us. We have a source of help. And the last one, Philippians 4, 12, this is from Paul. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Great verse for resilience. Okay, I hope that was helpful. And if you will check later on in the Facebook Taking Care of Your Temple podcast group, you will find these verses, some of the people and, and some of the stuff in there on that if you want it. Okay, so my fun fact about Waco for today I moved to Waco um, in 2014, and again, it was it was just a time in my life that I knew it was time for a change, and I had family here, and I believe that's where God was leading me. What I didn't realize or had forgotten, I may have known it before but forgot it until I got here and had been here for a while, was that I really do have a family connection with Waco because my dad went to Baylor University back before I was born, y'all, so like 65, 67 years ago. And what was so funny once I got here is whenever we would drive, when he was still alive, we'd be driving around Waco and he kept saying, man, it's so different now. Look at all that has changed. Well, yeah, in 66 years, you would think that it would, but I found a picture uh, of Waco today from 1962, I think. No, no earlier than that, 52, 52. Yeah. Cause I was born in 57. Um, to he's right. It was totally different. I 35 goes down the middle of Waco 
right past Baylor University. I-35 was nowhere in sight then. Waco was much, much smaller. Um, and I still have a connection to Waco because my sister-in-law, Virginia Green, who is an extremely talented graphic design artist, teaches at Baylor. But I just thought it was funny that I just thought I was just moving here and I actually am connected. It goes back. Okay. So along with this podcast and Waco Hypnosis Center, I do public speaking. If you would like to have me for an event, you can contact me, get more information through my website at www.drmelissarich.com, or you can email me at info at drmelissarich.com. So if you enjoy this podcast, if it was helpful in any way, I would love for you to do one or more of the following. Follow the podcast, write me a great review, and or share this episode with somebody. I am working on building up my audience and any help that y'all could give me, I would greatly appreciate it. So that is it for today. I hope that this was helpful, that you can use some of this to develop more resilience because it will make your life better and easier. That is it. Dr. Melissa Rich, taking care of your temple podcast. Thank you.